welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. Glad to have you here with us, joining us for episode 68 of the pod. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Today's topic, we're going to be covering all things Dark Disciple, the book about Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress, primarily in anticipation of uh, the release of the third season of The Bad Batch in just two weeks' time. It's hard to believe. Uh, we're going to be breaking it all down today, talking some Bad Batch, talking some Asajj, uh, Asajj Ventress. But before we start all of that, I want to issue you a quick reminder that if you're not yet subscribed to Hoth Hangout over on YouTube, definitely check us out there for the video version of the podcast, which goes live every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you to the 379 of you who are subbed over there. Additionally, you can contact us via email. Hangout at gmail.com is where you can contact us with your Star Wars questions or any other questions related to Star Wars or otherwise. We'd love to showcase them here on the pod. Additionally, you can catch the Hoth Hangout podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. And if you're listening on any of those platforms, uh, feel free to leave us a good review, a five-star review. If you would, we would appreciate it very much. And it does also allow the podcast to be more easily discovered by other people. So we would appreciate that very much if you choose to do so. Additionally, the Hoth Hangout podcast is discoverable on all the socials, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, or X at Hoth Hangout on each of those. Again, we're covering all things Dark Disciple, Asajj Ventress, Bad Batch today in anticipation of season three in just two weeks' time. Joey, it is hard to believe we are two weeks away from uh the third season of bad batch and by the way how are you feeling i know you're feeling a little under the weather yeah so first things first appreciate you know we normally try to schedule our recordings on monday or tuesday but this week i had lost my voice because i got sick over the weekend so you might you might hear a little bit of raspiness maybe a cough here or there for me but i'm feeling much better thank you for asking and for those who are not watching the video version of the podcast Ben is sporting a little bit of a different look today with the, the meanie hat and uh, looking pretty good. I wish I could pull that uh, look off. My head would get too hot just pretty quickly, but um, but I probably need it because I got sick. I don't know, but uh, either way, yeah, I'm doing doing well, excited for the next couple of weeks. And you know, right before we started recording, you even mentioned we're going to have episodes up until essentially May just talking about Bad Batch, which is kind of crazy in the next, you know, starting in the next two weeks. So. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't believe Bad Batch is coming so soon. You know, it, they really dropped the bomb on us a couple of weeks back when they said that they were uh, going to release it on the 21st. But I am excited and you could tell by the next couple of episodes we're doing we're doing we're do, well we did uh uh we're doing the Asaz Ventures book today. We're going to do more Bad Batch things next week, spoiler alert. And and then we're going right into the Bad Batch uh season 3. So yeah, it's going to be a a good good uh way to get into the new season. Definitely. Yeah, it was a good bomb they dropped on us. A very uh, surprising but very welcomed one in the sense that, you know, we thought we were going to be on this drought without Star Wars for months and months and months. And turns out now we only have two more weeks to wait till we get new content. So also, thanks for the beanie shout out, too. It was a very last minute <laughs> decision. And by the way, again, another thing for the video uh, podcast watchers, um, check out this new shirt I got. <laughs> it's a, tra- a little a little Akbar like a baby Akbar looks like yelling. Yeah. It's a trap. Baby Akbar. There's this really cool site. I think it's called Teespring. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah. They got some good designs there. They were having a sale on ten dollars Star Wars T-shirts. Oh I, my! I picked up two of them. I might wear the other one sometime. Yeah, you're gonna soon. have to. A uh, little bit of a teaser there. So, 
<laughs> nice. Um, yeah, rocking the the Admiral Akbar shirt tonight. So, uh, like we talked about, we're going to be talking Asajj Ventress and Bad Batch tonight, mainly with the topic of the Dark Disciple novel. Uh, but before we get into that, we do have just a couple quick pieces of news as it relates to the world of Star Wars. The first of which concerns Disney and kind of the greater uh, universe that Star Wars, I guess, exists in since its acquisition by the Disney Empire, the ever-expanding, ever-growing Disney Empire. Um, for those that don't know, Epic Games, who is the, um, I guess, the game developers for the the worldwide phenomenon that is Fortnite over the past six, seven, eight years, um, Disney invested $1.5 billion uh, into Epic Games. It's unclear what percentage of the company they are now uh, equity owners of, but I feel like $1.5 billion is reasonable to say they now own a pretty sizable stake or share in Epic Games as a company. Um, and as a byproduct of that $1.5 billion investment into Epic Games, the goal is to create an expansive uh, and open game and entertainment universe connected to Fortnite that is really essentially all things Disney. So not just Star Wars, but uh, you know, Pixar, ESPN, Marvel, there's all kinds of just everything that falls under the umbrella of Disney. I think Avatar was one of the other things it mentioned in the brief 45-second trailer. They're all just going to be put into this universe, uh, this open, like, world of Disney. We're not really even exactly sure what this is yet, but it is going to be run on Unreal Engine, which is the, uh, the I guess, the, the the software that is responsible for for running Fortnite and many other modern day games, uh, you know, in the in the world of video games. So we'll, we'll link the 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 article to this uh, down in the show notes below in case anyone is, you know, interested in reading kind of further on this. But Joey, you and I just recently discovered this actually not too long prior to starting recording tonight. Uh, what were your thoughts when when you first discovered this article? I, I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, you and I, you and I read it together, and we were trying to make ends of it of just what exactly is going to be happening. I mean, they they mentioned the word, the words creative and uh, creative, expansive, and open games and entertainment universe. You know, the word universe is is interesting because, you know, in in what sense are we talking about? I mean, obviously, Epic Games being a huge developer in gaming. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Fortnite, there there is the opportunity where players can create their own levels, create their own uh, custom maps. I wonder if there's uh, going to be a lot to do with that. But the 1.5 billion is kind of astounding, and even more so if you remember, not too long ago, Epic had laid off a ton of people, um, like something like 900 people. I want to say. Within the past, I want to say three months, maybe. So it's been pretty recent. And for those who don't know the corporate world, whenever you're trying to sell a, a particular part of your business, sometimes you have to start cutting some expenses. So I'm sh almost sure that that is what we saw, what the reasoning behind that. Now, now that we've seen this, I wonder if you know Epic had to say, "All right, well, we cut these expenses." Now are you interested in you know a little bit more interested? So that's that's kind of where my mind went when I heard that number, when I heard the stakes, when I heard uh, Epic and Disney got together. So um, for, that's just my corporate mind working. But at the same time, what does it mean for the fans? I I kind of don't really understand exactly. 
this 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 graphic we have here on the uh the video uh version of the podcast is basically it looks like it, it reminds me just kind of like a Disney World type of map where you just have you know it essentially looks like three islands of of just everything that you would want you would have the ESPN Marvel something that looks like you know some iterescent like like towers in the in the back in the back there and I want to say is that Wreck-It Ralph right in the front is that what yeah, I'm seeing yeah. yeah yeah so uh just an interesting you know way to present that to uh, uh to everyone who is just find out this this because I mean this is beautiful but but it also kind of really reminds me of a Fortnite you know the islands and all that so I wonder if it, you know if they're really leaning on the Fortnite side of things I mean when you hear Epic Games Epic does own things like Fall Guys and Rocket League and other things like that but if you read the article it's very heavy on the Fortnite uh, information so. Uh, so I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. I'm just hoping we get more Star Wars content into these games. That's really what I care about. I don't know if this means Epic is going to be developing a new Star Wars game. I don't know if we can go that far into thinking it. But, I mean, $1.5 I would assume that there's going to be a lot of investments in the major, major IPs, much you know more important, like, just like Star Wars, Marvel, and any other Lucasfilms uh, products. Yeah. Yeah, one point five billion, just a just a little lump sum of cash. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Actually, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know what Disney's worth as a company. Is it fair to say that that's like probably less than five percent of what Disney is worth? I would I would assume so. Let's go Google it right now. But I would assume that um, that that's probably not a huge amount. So one hundred eighty one point eight five billion is where where they're at right now, according to. According to the Google, so they they just gave up like point six percent of their yeah. of their net worth. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> only one point five billion. Yeah, not a big deal. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it may be, uh, it looks like kind of the future of gaming is headed in in a direction of uh, connectivity when it comes to certain IPs, sort of putting all of their uh, all of their marbles in one bag, if you will, so to speak. So. We'll see what this looks like, I guess, two, three, four, five years from now. At the end of the trailer, it said coming soon-ish. It actually <laughs> said soon-ish. So uh, <laughs> I have a feeling we won't be seeing this for at least two more years, probably longer than that. But something to keep an eye on. Uh, pretty cool in that regard. The other piece of news we did want to also cover uh, on more of a, a sad note here is that uh, actor Carl Weathers, uh, the actor who portrayed Grief Karga in The Mandalorian, uh, sort of the head of the Bounty Hunters Guild, uh, passed away just a few days ago at the age of 76. Uh, this is this is an actor who, uh, and, and in fact, before his passing, you know, when I when I when I read that news, I, I was like, uh, typically what what I do whenever an actor passes away that I'm you know at least somewhat familiar with is I'll look up their IMDb, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. Like he was in that or she was in this and I didn't even know they were in that show or that movie. Um, so the first thing I do when I hear this news of, of Carl Weathers passing um, is is that I, I look up his IMDb and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Reef Karga from The Mandalorian is Apollo Creed. That's from right. <laughs> yes. I, I feel silly and foolish for not even realizing this. Oh, Ben, uh, you sweet, sweet but, child. Yeah. <laughs> And so then I'm like, man, like this dude, this dude had some good, good stuff. So I looked up everything else he was in and 
but I thought it worth noting that uh, Rocky was like one of my favorite movies as a as sports movies in particular, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, I think Rocky probably, you know, stands in the top five best sports movies of all time, in my opinion. Uh, and, and especially, you know, the first two movies, he's uh, Carl Weathers was a huge part of, of those films and and uh, kind of just not just how good the movies are, not how well of a job that uh, that he did as a character, but just. Yeah, just kind of the enjoyment of the film and what it what he meant in terms of his relationship to Rocky in the movie and all, all that to say, I just I was not as aware as I should have been of just how much of an impact that uh, you know the characters that he's portrayed has has had on me. So mm-hmm. um, that was, I guess, my Carl Weathers um, remembrance that that came to mind when when I when I heard the news of his passing. Unfortunately, but I didn't I didn't know if you had. Mm-hmm. something of a similar experience or not yeah. when you heard this news yeah definitely i mean what where you just discovered that is actually the first that's what i think of when i think of carl weathers i don't think of grief carga i do think of apollo creed yeah. in the rocky movies because i remember when you know there there are two deaths in movies where i distinctly remember just being so hurt or just like being very impactful one of them was uh, Darth Vader <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. The other was Apollo Creed in Rocky Four. So when when that ha- when those two happen, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. And I was a lot younger then, so obviously the the concept of death doesn't didn't really make sense until you see it on screen like that, and you're just like, holy cow, this is just you know just an impactful moment, you know. So to see that, and you know, I would see him. You know, later on, you know, Action Action Jackson. He was uh, the head um, the head role. Uh, he was the, the head uh, actor in that. Uh, of course, he was Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. He was the uh, if uh, he is like the golf instructor for Adam Sandler's uh, character. And it's it's a, and but th- that is a much older. That is no longer Apollo Creed. That is now Carl Weathers. Like just being you know, but he did so great in that. And then when I saw that he was. In The Mandalorian, I was so happy to see him again. Not only was he acting, he was also directing episodes in the, in the series as well. So just to see him and his joy. And, you know, I was uh, the thing that I do when actors pass away is I like to see what their peers say. So I would look at Ming-Na Wen's Instagram post. I'll look at um, uh, um, just like other people's. I can't remember who else was there. But, yeah, I would look through you know, their, their peers, Instagram posts and just kind of the, the feelings that they, and they all pretty much said like this, he was so happy in what he was doing. And, uh, it's very sad that, um, you know, that he had passed because, you know, maybe not a huge role in the Mandalorian, but you know, an important one, I think as well. And, um, I think it's kind of crazy. I, uh, today or this week I started cleaning out my office and stuff like that. And as you know, Ben, I, I like to collect cards. So I came across one that I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I actually forgot that I had this card. So it is a Star Wars Star Wars card. And I've mentioned, you know, sometimes you get these sketches inside of the, these packs. So it was actually a one-of-one sketch of Carl Weathers as Grief Karga. So Whoa. I figured I would show it up on here. Wow. It's a one-of-one? One? Yeah, it's a one-of-one. One. Only one of these have been made in the world. Uh, the artist <laughs> made this one specifically, and it was, for, it was Grief Karga as... I mean, um, uh, Carl Weathers as Grief Karga. And yeah, so I was just like, oh my God, it was like meant to be that I found this kind of randomly in my drawer. And it is by uh, the artist's name. They actually signed it back. His name is Bradley Hudson. Whoa. 
yeah so it's uh it's pretty cool that i came across this actually this week so if, if you, anyone who's watching who's not watching the uh video version of the podcast here on youtube i'm just showing here it's a, a uh trading card of grief carga in what looks like to be like graphite some type of pencil like colored pencils if i had to guess but yeah this is you know like i said i was just so meant to be that i find this this week you know during uh when he had passed that's super cool like you said yeah meant, meant to be uh yeah. so dang that that's really cool joey <laughs> i can't even lie <laughs> well again our um you know uh, we are uh deeply uh, kind of remorseful in, with with the news of of carl weathers passing and um you know just definitely played not only a key role in the mandalorian and star wars but more so in kind of just each of our uh, love and enjoyment of of movies and tv shows so um all the love to to the the weathers family as well during this uh, difficult time for them i'm sure but um, he definitely made a mark on the Star Wars universe and one that will last a long time and and a legacy that will uh, for certainly be remembered too. So um, Carl Weathers recently passed away at the age of 76. Rest in peace, Carl. Peace, Carl. Well, um, on that note, we did want to also talk about a couple comments we received and some feedback on last week's video when we did the trivia episode which the, was a ton of fun to do yeah we we definitely did better uh that round than yeah. the first round for sure oh yeah yeah definitely definitely <laughs> uh Vesuvi said many thanks to ben joey and gibbo on the kenobi quiz i got three out of five there's only one correct answer for what uh jedi did for what jedi did our dude see for what jedi did our dude see wow i'm i was having a tough time for a second <laughs> uh, in the tomb of jedi and fortress inquisitorious it's Terra Sunube. He was preserved in amber-like substance. Right. If the question had been what Jedi's name was written on the wall at the same yes. house following the path on, manit, on the planet Opuzo, the answer would have been Quinlan Boss. It's very clear. Y'all were confused and wrong, respectfully. <laughs> and wrong. Um, <laughs> not only not only is, is this correct from Aunt Vesuvi, but Joey, this means that each of our scores, which was already poor enough, is now mm -hmm. one lower for each of us. Nice. Um. <laughs> uh, Obviously, also said, check out Zaf Brath with Natalie Portman in Garden State. That's a good one. Yeah, horror movie. I actually haven't seen that. I need to That's catch a good one. that one. You would like that? I think you would like that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Andor quiz, Obviously, got five out of five. Boba Fett, one out of five. Plo Koon being in the script and concept art, I might add, instead of Luke Skywalker, wasn't in regards to the book of Boba Fett. It was for season two finale of Mandalorian. Whoever wrote that question was well-meaning, I'm sure, but they were mistaken. On the Mandalorian quiz, I got three out of five. On the Ahsoka quiz, I got three out of five. Of course, I'm thrilled about seeing Asajj again, whether it's in flashback or if she's been resuscitated by Night Sister Magic. I'm up for it. Uh, the big takeaway from this comment, Amasuvi, uh, clearly more knowledgeable when it comes to Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> than we are. Um, We're not even shocked. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Amasuvi for for doing well on the quizzes and for uh, the couple, I think it was the two corrections there in regards to um, the name on the wall, and then the Okun question as well. So, uh, and then yeah, that was the question we posed last week: was how do you want to see Asajj resuscitated by Night Sister magic or in a flashback? And we'll be talking a little bit about that in the rest of today's episode. So, the other comment we wanted to take a look at was from Lord Galvatron. Lord Galvatron said, "Absolutely pumped for the return of Asajj." Similar to what you both said, I hope she's not there just to be cameo bait. 
hope she actually has a story role. Me to Lord Galvatron. Yep. We'll talk more about be, that later. Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty big major topic of our conversation today. Um, and want to say thank you again to Aunt Vesuvian and Lord Galvatron for those comments. We appreciate it so very much. We also had a couple of polls that we asked on the YouTube community tab as well as over on X, simply saying, will you be reading or perhaps rereading Dark Disciple in preparation for the last Bad Batch season? Uh, the folks on Twitter seem to be more in favor of that with a 56% in the affirmative saying that they will be reading Dark Disciple in anticipation of Bad Batch Season 3, while over on the YouTube community tab, things were uh, somewhat in the opposite direction, yeah. with 36% only saying that they would be rereading in that's anticipation. Interesting. Yeah, different different uh, audiences, I guess. I mean, that's, I mean you, you put those audiences together, maybe it's just 50-50, really. 50-50, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like is is roughly reflective of kind of, you know, the Star Wars fandom of Know, the depths we go to in preparation mm -hmm. and anticipation of certain shows. So um, all that to say, Twitter slightly in favor, YouTube slightly not in favor, but you put them together and it's roughly a 50-50 split between those it's like who are going to be rereading the book. It's like all Star Wars things, isn't it? Just everyone's 50-50. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, except for Jar Jar Binks. Everyone obviously loves him. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, we'll have some more uh, polls up this week on the YouTube community tab as well as over on X for those of you uh, who'd like to cast your vote and have your voice heard in, in that way. And we'll display them on next week's episode as well. So, And on that note, uh, it is time for this week's major, major topic of conversation. Um, I should also mention that I think I briefly glossed over our sort of teaser viewer question for this week. Um, simply how will interest be introduced in the bad batch and we kind of touched on it with some of the comments from last week's episode um but to begin our discussion i think we're gonna first of all just sort of give our thoughts uh briefly each of us on the book itself that we uh, each had the opportunity to read over the past week or so and and then we'll we'll give a relatively short synopsis of the book because a lot of it is important to the character of Asage. And then we'll take the majority of our conversation in the direction of what does this mean for the third season of The Bad Batch, uh, which comes out in less than two weeks' time, officially. Super exciting to say that out loud. Um, well, Joey, I guess, uh, is it cool if we start with you? Just what your general thoughts mm -hmm. were on the book? What were your biggest takeaways? What did you enjoy the most? Sure. So this is, the, this is a reread. This is the second time that I read this book. And for me... I feel like I know, and it's been a few years since I had read it, so it was definitely good to go back to it. Of course, having an idea of what was going to go, what was going to happen towards the end of it, um, but I did forget quite a bit of what was going to happen, especially um, with how Kenobi and Anakin were kind of involved with everything. Um, we'll talk a little, again. We'll talk a little bit more about the synopsis later, but um, I did, you know, I did obviously remember. The partnership, the romance, everything between Quinlan and Asajj, and to kind of relive that again, I think it, it was—it's just something you don't, you never really get a chance to see because I mean, outside of Padme and Anakin, for anything that's more of like a forbidden love, forbidden type of uh, relationship uh, between a Jedi and anybody. Now you're talking about a Jedi and a former Sith. I mean, that you know, this is this is exactly what the the people want and. Um, to see the, to see it all, the, seeing how smart and intelligent and 
and how and how she handles herself in Asajj in comparison to Quinlan kind of just fumbling to the dark side. I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. Like just he just kept being kept getting sucked in and sucked in well. Where Asajj was really trying to keep level headed because she knows what it is to kind of be on the dark side. So it it you know, I'd be curious to hear your your take on this. But like having having the dark side in your past at any point really does seem to give you a lot of knowledge, whether it's quote unquote good or bad. It just seemed like she was ahead of everybody, uh, one step of uh, ahead of everybody at every at every stop, you know, um, especially at the point where towards the end where they thought that Quinlan, you know, Quinlan's good. He's fine. He came back from, you know, being with Count Dooku. You know, he was part of the dark side, but, you know, he's back. He's fine. But she was the only one to know the entire time that something was wrong with him. And again, I think it was because she had been exposed to the dark side as much as she has. So almost now making me think, I'm like, well, maybe everyone just needs to get to that dark side a little bit just to just to know have a little bit more knowledge. Great Jedi, Joey. Great I know Jedi. this is what I'm saying, you know, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally understanding it now. Um, so seeing it from that point of view, um, seeing how incredible of a character she is, uh, just kind of throughout, I mean, in, in the Clone Wars, I mean, she was such a great character and, and I love how everyone kind of just knows her, you know, like Obi-Wan was like, this is how you handle her. You just got to flirt with her a little bit and that's kind of what you got to do. And, you know, just get in her head and give her, you know, a little bit of an ego and, you know all the stuff so you know it's all that but on the other side of it she knows what she has too like to her to her uh you know her weapons you know um so it's just it's just an inter- it was just a, a different take on the entire jedi council the you know the the sith and you know a little bit more of dooku we love dooku so you know th- this was really uh, you know the the reread was definitely enjoyable for me nice yeah, I mean, this this for me was the first time I'd ever had the opportunity to read this book, even yeah. though I think it's been out for like nine years now, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess briefly for those that, because these are two characters that obviously have never in any prominent role. Right. Uh, I think I think Boss has actually appeared in a Star Wars film, but not in, a, in any speaking role or prominently featured role, while Asajj has only been in Clone Wars. Um, and, and for what it's worth, Va- Quinlan Voss was in Clone Wars a lot too. But I guess to as succinctly summarize this as possible, it's almost like a former dark side user and a Jedi kind of diverging from the light side and the dark side and meeting somewhere in the middle, sort of like falling love in the process. In, in the right. process, so sort of the secondary trope of the whole book is this forbidden love, like kind of like you were talking about. But I think the primary trope is more so the exploration of the dark side without actually embracing the dark side. Um, and I guess even to back up even further, for those that maybe you're like, I've only seen Star Wars movies. Who the heck are either of these two people? Um, Asajj Ventress was the, not really Padawan, but more so the assassin, the apprentice of Count Dooku during the Clone Wars era was sort of uh, used in the same way that Darth Maul was used early on by uh, Palpatine when he was still under Plagueis as as his Sith apprentice. So um, essentially, Asajj was used by Dooku as an assassin 
in a lot of different ways and given the promise of that she was going to become the Sith Lord with Dooku and they were going to eventually defeat Sidious. And um, in the end, if you've seen the Clone Wars, you know that Dooku kind of turns on Asajj and that she is uh, forced to run you know, back to Dathomir, which is her home world and which is actually a pretty prominent part of this book as well. And so um, that's kind of Asajj's background. And it's also worth mentioning that throughout the Clone Wars, she has tons of run-ins with Obi-Wan which is how in this novel you see, you know, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan clearly has this familiarity with Asajj and kind of how she works, how she operates, what makes her tick. Uh, and so it's through all those run-ins with Obi-Wan that you get to see in the Clone Wars, which is the backdrop for her character in this book. Um, when it, when, as it goes for uh, Quinlan Voss, you don't really get to see as much of him in the Clone Wars as you do um, in... Uh, in in this novel i guess i should say uh, and so you know we're we're going into this story with less information about him than we are with, than we are with Asajj. um kind of the culmination of his part of the story is that he goes from being sent on this mission and this is kind of getting into more of the details of the book i guess but he's sent on this mission by the jedi to assassinate dooku by gaining the trust of ventress in the process they fall in love unexpectedly because you're like Wow, Asajj Ventress falling in love? How could that happen? Which it kind of took me about 50 to 100 pages of the book to feel like that could actually happen. Sure. Then I was like, wow, she does care about him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And also worth mentioning at this point, Asajj is not like operating within the dark side of the force strictly, I guess it's how you would say it. Um, Like she, she, Certainly she's much more a, of a bounty hunter, I feel like, at, at oh, the beginning yeah, of this yeah. book. She's operating as a bounty hunter at the beginning of the book, and there's even a couple chapters with Boba Fett, which is kind of fun to see. Um, and so, you know, she's definitely more towards the dark side, but not really functioning as a dark side, fully dark side force user, per se. Um, however, as a, you know, as her and Quinlan come together, they sort of, um, she sort of teaches him the ways of the dark side and he eventually falls into the trap of sort of fully embracing the dark side, which she comes to see as sort of a mistake later on because she feels like she loses the Quinlan that she was falling in love with in a sense. So um, I guess to back it up really quick, what were your thoughts on the part of the book early on when the Jedi, um, there's this conversation between Yoda and Mace Windu and lots of other senior members of the council uh, in addition to Obi-Wan and Anakin, who are also there, and they're kind of talking about, we need to assassinate Dooku. I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. The council's never really talked like that before, especially Mace Windu. Mace Windu right. is kind of the jerk of this entire book. Can I add yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Is, that fair? is that fair to say? No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. He's always the one that's not... Well, I mean, it seems like he he was the one that was right most of the time, though, you know? Um, yeah. Because he was the one that was question. Wasn't he with the one that was questioning if Quinlan was ready to go out, you know, back into the field or yeah. whatever. So early on. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that did seem kind of uncharacteristic of the Jedi console. And, and I wonder if, you know, how desperate do you have to be for that to be the answer? You know? Um, and I think that's, that's what took that, that, I mean, I'll be honest, that part takes me out of it a little bit. Because I'm like, how how real is this situation? You know, um, because you know, as as although I love the book as a whole, there are little bits here and there, and I kind of sensed it in what you were saying. The whole 
Asajj even falling in love at all, <laughs> um, kind of being part of the, you know, like, can this really happen? So, you you know, does it really happen that the Jedi Council is like, you know what, Quinlan, go assassinate, <laughs> go assassinate uh, Count Dooku, and while you're at it, go pick up his old apprentice, uh, Asajj Ventress, to do it with you, you know? So yeah. it just seems like it was a little bit out of left field, but if, in times of desperation, maybe, but I, I, it still feels way too far away from what the Jedi would, would normally do. But but even throughout all of that, yes, I totally agree. But but Obi-Wan is used as the character in this novel as sort of the voice of morality or reason. That anytime the Jedi Council, particularly Mace Windu or even Anakin, it is like, um, you know, we need to use more lethal force. We need to we can't just capture Dooku. We need to kill right. Dooku. Right, Obi-Wan right. is always the one in this entire book in multiple points who's like, that is not the Jedi way. Yeah, you know, right, he's, yeah, yeah. he's the straight and narrow path in this book, so to speak. And and even is an advocate for Ventress when no one else is in, in many mm-hmm. circumstances um, based off of his sort of runnings in with her in the past and in, in the Clone Wars era, which, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. I, I can appreciate the Obi-Wan yes. relationship a lot because of the Clone Wars. Um. So then, you know, you fast forward a little bit in the book and um, Quinlan has kind of gone down this path towards the dark side. He's gone rogue. He's no longer showing up to his scheduled meetings with Obi-Wan um, at this bar on Coruscant, I believe, where they were meeting. And um, so in anticipation of trying to kill Dooku, Quinlan actually, after being tortured by Dooku, um, you know, d- joins him dooku kind of plays with his mind and quinlan joys joins him um and and there's sort of this long process that goes about discussion held amongst the council asajj is even brought before the council um and 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 pardoned what and pardoned yeah they forgive her for basically everything she's ever done uh, which is kind of also a cool point because you look at everything that she did in the clone wars you're like they just forgave her that easily? <laughs> yeah, like, right, oh right, my yeah. gosh. Um, and so, uh, in the end, you know, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are on this assault with these clone troopers, um, you know, going up against Dooku, Boss, and Asajj, who all are at this point, uh, have crash-landed. They're very injured. Um, in fact, Dooku is, is I believe I remember reading the most injured of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so in the end, Dooku actually, I think at the very end of the novel, betrays both Voss and Asajj. Uh, and as he's getting ready to use this force lightning on Voss, uh, Asajj jumps in the way and takes the blunt of the force lightning, the blow, ultimately sacrificing herself for Quinlan Voss which in turn is sort of what brings him back to the light in the end. Um, and I think her last dying words are like something to the effect of, you know, that's, this is the Jedi way in, in reference to something that Voss has done M- more or less telling him like, you know, don't fall to the dark side and become right. like become a Jedi or go back to becoming a Jedi. So um, this sacrifice of Asajj definitely was something that I did not expect uh, from the end of this book or at any point in this book for that matter. Um, but I liked sort of the arc of how it happened in the book. I think there was a ton of redemption when it came to the character of Quinlan Voss. Um, 
and just overall a story that I found really enjoyable, redemptive. I think that's what makes the story good, honestly. Like mm-hmm. if you could turn Dark Disciple into a movie, it'd be perfect. Yeah. I think I think some of the difficulties we see in the modern Star Wars era, especially when it comes to the movies, is that the writing just doesn't always hammer it home. Like the story mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's a home run at, at any point. And I think it's because in these in these books you have, you know, the space to deliver depth with the characters that in the end, when there is this sacrifice that happens, it feels so meaningful. Right. Um, and so I think that was probably my favorite part of the book. Seeing a character like Asajj Ventress, someone who had become so, in the Clone Wars at least, entrenched in the dark side of the Force uh, and obsessed with you know, getting back at her master, Dooku, and killing him. Um, someone who was able to let go, to, to fall in love with someone, much less, uh, and ultimately make the biggest sacrifice of her own life so that, you know, that person she loved could, could endure and go on. So uh, I, I loved this book. In fact, I, I think I probably, we most recently read the Plagueis novel. I think I probably liked this a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, only because I think there's a certain amount of excitement behind it in the sense that we're going to see her yes, in right. the Bad Batch in two weeks. So you're literally reading about a character um, you're going to get to see in in uh, animation just in less than 14 days. But the big, big thing that I do want to talk about, Joey, is obviously in the book, she does not make it to the end. She sacrifices herself admirably. Uh, and Yoda even commends her at this final meet, at this final scene of the council. He says, you know, that's commendable. Or may, actually, I think it's Mace Windu who says that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mace says that her actions are commendable, which, which is a lot. Coming That's a lot Mace. from Mace. Yeah. <laughs> he was so critical of everyone the entire <laughs> book. Um, but obviously she doesn't make it to the end of the book. And in the Bad Batch season three, there it is. You know, we both watched it together. She popped up on the screen. We're like, oh, my gosh, she's, you know, she's alive. She's in the Bad Batch season three, which clearly takes place after Order 66. This book, if we didn't mention, takes place prior to Revenge of the Sith, uh, after Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. This is uh, during the Clone Wars. And so, um, with that being said, how, and this is a little bit of a spoiler maybe to uh, this week's viewer question that we'll ask here in about 10 minutes or so to all of you listening, uh, but how do you think they go about this in Season 3 of The Bad Batch? Uh, Because if she's not alive, as Dark Disciple would indicate, this is technically a canon book. Right. How are they going about Bad Batch Season 3? Do you have any theories? And maybe before we get into that, did, is there anything I left out of the actual book that you wanted to touch on before we move over to some Bad Batch speculation? No, I think you covered it well. Uh, you know, just the, the... Asajj has always been, you know, a great character in the Clone Wars. Um, her association with Dooku... Now she has an association with um, Quinlan Voss as well as a Jedi console console. And um, it, it, to see, like you said, the arc of her character go from where she was in the Clone Wars to, you know, kind of bringing back somebody back from the, to the light, you know, in Quinlan Voss uh, by sacrificing herself at the end of the book. I mean, it, it it's, it's exactly what you'd want to see in a movie, like you said. So it, it was, it was a satisfying book. Um, 
there like i said there were the, the probably the hardest thing for me to get through was you know i didn't i didn't want her to be just like oh i'm in love you know what i mean and just completely like throw everything aside and um because she's such a good character like i think i feel like she's better than that you know even um does she deserve love and all that stuff you know that's that's you know a different conversation but like it, it's just she just seems like such a strong character on her own that i didn't want i there were times when i'm like quinlan's bringing her down man like you like what are you doing you know yeah but um at the end of it you know to to see where she ended up kind of being on the right side of history you know and and knowing the entire time like i said when everybody thought that quinlan was uh, already back to the light and she kind of said like time and time again she he is not he's not back that's not him that's not my quinlan um nobody would listen to her but it turned out she was right at the end of it all and then for her to sacrifice again like i said and just a just a great book and i was i was happy to reread it i've been wanting to reread it for a while but then when we saw her on the bad batch trailer i'm like well i know what our next episode is going to be because we need to read that book and i'm glad you were able to experience it as well yeah me too me too do, do you have any speculation as to uh kind of how they're going to work her into bad batch season three now we we really hope this isn't some like trailer clickbait where she's only right. in like 20 seconds of the entire show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I would lean towards that not being the case. Right. I feel like she's going to be at least very uh, uh -huh. important in one, if not more than one episode of this show. I, I would hope at least. What do you think? I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking so too. I mean, the, the clone wars the animation side of the of star wars is not um not shy with bringing people back you know so and especially with the night sisters being so prevalent in the animated series now we finally got a peek of them in the ahsoka series in live action but now we know that this is where this is going like i i think there's no other way you know that you know, we know that, you know, Night, Night Sister Magic with a K is going to come up here at some point and they're going to resurrect her in some way. I mean, even the way they ended this book, although maybe they didn't have Bad Batch Season 3 in mind at the time, it feels like it was kind of a setup. Like, okay, she's being returned back to her sisters, right? Uh, on Dathomir. And to, you know, and however... Whenever somebody is ready to resurrect them in their own ways, then that's what's going to happen. So I think that's what we're seeing the setup here. And eventually, somehow, the Bad Batch is going to end up on Dathomir somehow. Or, um, and, uh, you know, I think we're, we're definitely spoiling our pull for the week. But, I mean, this, this, it just seems like that's where they're headed. Um, I don't think this would be a clickbaity thing. It would be very bad timing to do that, this being the last season of the Bad Batch. To be like, here's a little clickbait for you guys, and then just completely just you know annihilate us with nothing, you know. So I I, I think I think we're at, I think this is the real the real deal here with Asajj in season three, and I cannot wait to see how they do it. Yeah, me too. I, I also I hope they are able to work it in in a way that functions well. I also hope it doesn't distract from the main story of the clones, uh, and then my other. Final thought on that would be, 
obviously we don't i mean because she was wasn't created at the time obviously we don't see asajj in the original trilogy so you know that would i guess indicate that it'd be more likely that she maybe doesn't make it she doesn't live to the original trilogy um as to how deep we're going to get into asajj in bad batch i don't i don't know if we'll go like her whole her whole life story deep mm -hmm. i'd be a little bit surprised if we do honestly um i think it's it may just end up being she shows up in episode six or seven or what there's a week where there's two episodes in the same week mm -hmm. and i think you and i may have discussed that 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 could potentially be the one or two episodes where we first see her and so we we may be waiting a month and a half before we actually see Asajj in Bad Batch is all I'm trying to say but um it does certainly make me excited for the show I also wanted to reference a quick article and then maybe we can give our ratings of the book to, to wrap up our discussion of of Dark Disciple but I wanted to first reference this article over on starwars.com that was recently released um, it was a quote from the director of Bad Batch, Brad Rao. But as a hyperlink within the article talking about Asajj Ventress, um, it's kind of like an outline of her life. And if you scroll down to the very bottom uh, of, the, of the outline of Asajj's life, one of the last pieces it talks about are the events of this book, Dark Disciple. And uh, just to read the short little paragraph here, uh, Ventress insisted on working alone until she found an unlikely partner on Pantora, the Maverick Jedi Quinlan Voss, who had been sent by the Jedi Council to assassinate Count Dooku. Ventress joined Voss in hopes of destroying Dooku, but grew to love the Jedi. On Ventress's homeworld of Dathomir, Voss participated in Night Sister rituals and opened himself to the powers of the dark side to complete his quest. But through their connection, Ventress found herself coping with feelings she thought she'd purged from herself love, compassion, and selflessness. Ultimately, Ventress sacrificed herself to save Quinlan's life, taking the brunt of Dooku's Force Lightning during their final confrontation. And the last sentence, the part that I really wanted to highlight and emphasize, but that wasn't the end of Asajj's story. Now, this is an official StarWars.com article. Uh, the creators of Bad Batch Season 3 have even noted that the events of Bad Batch will not conflict with Dark Disciple in any way, that they fall in line with, you know, what ha what happens in the book, aka her death, um, or apparent death. I guess, right? You know, there's a there's a pretty clear scene at the end of this book <laughs> where where Quinlan Voss and Obi Wan are on Dathomir and they're essentially returning uh, Asajj's body back to sort of this, you know, the Night Sister Earth, so to speak, or maybe it's a pool. Is it a pool? It's that like they a put pool or in? a lake of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, and so there is some pretty clear finality to, like, dropping her into this pool of Night Sister magic. Uh, now, the exception being, and it's not, you know, not unprecedented, we saw it happen with Darth Maul after he got sliced in half, um, that she just maybe is resurrected as a result of Night Sister magic. Perhaps it's a flashback um, that, that we're really seeing in the Bad Batch Season 3, so... There's a lot to be learned and a, and a lot that mm -hmm. probably we're not going to fully know after the first few episodes of The Bad Batch, if I had to guess. We're going to leave us eagerly anticipating those answers for a few weeks, I would imagine. But the, the key thing from this article I wanted to point out is that the official StarWars.com article, when talking about Asajj Ventress, says, but that wasn't the end of Asajj's mm -hmm. story. So 
<laughs> I wonder when, how long that has been up, that edit. I can't imagine. I feel like everything on here was probably exactly as is. And then after they released the trailer, probably added those last 10 mm -hmm. words. Right, right, right. How, however many words. It, but, but that wasn't the end mm -hmm. eight words. Um, I feel like they just kind of threw that in there as a, mm -hmm. just wait and see what's in store in Bad Batch right. Season 3. Yeah, exactly. So, it's also worth noting, it's kind of just, it's so fun that she's in this. Mm -hmm. But also, if you were to, just a month ago, have said, who's a character that they could cameo in this? <laughs> she, she would not have been the first, second, third, fourth, or even tenth, tenth thought, yeah. probably. You can know, I, this was... Can, can I give a prediction? Yeah, yeah, go for it. My prediction isn't even about Bad Batch. It's, it's okay. about Asajj as a whole. Uh -huh. They are they are going to have Bad Batch Season 3 run up until May. Mm -hmm. And then on May the 4th, they're going to drop Tales of the Jedi with Asajj Ventress. Ooh, I, you know, I'd be down for that. Mm -hmm. So if they, if they continue with that, and assuming they go with sort of the light side, dark side thing like they did with Ahsoka and Dooku... You think the other three would be Quinlan Voss? I think they got to, right? That would be sweet. Dude, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Oh, man. So much speculation. I, I can't wait for Tales of the Jedi either. Yeah. I don't even think we know that it's coming out on May the 4th yet. That's just we when have it no dropped. Idea. We have no idea. Two years ago. Is. Yeah. Uh, it was on May the 4th. So, man, so much to be excited for. Um, You want to rank the book first or rate the book first? Or you want me to rate it first? Yeah. Let's hear yours first. Okay. I would say, I guess to compare this to Plagueis, since it was the last book we wrote, we read, um, I think Plagueis had more, mm, more thought out and carefully worded conversations, but it was also a harder read, I think, because there was so much discussion and conversation and politics involved with the characters. However, with this book, I felt like it was a lot more straight up relationship and character driven and i felt more enthralled by the story uh whereas with plagueis it was more like i'm just really interested in the character of palpatine and with this it was like what's gonna happen to Asajj? like is quinlan voss actually turned to the dark side oh my gosh it's so cool to see dooku in this so i felt myself more excited about this book uh and having said that while I don't think it's a perfect book by any means, I think I'll probably give it a nine. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if we even ranked or rated Plagueis, but I would probably give that something closer to an eight or 8.5 at most. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give this one a nine, a nine out of 10. I, I really liked it that much. Mm -hmm. yeah, with, yeah, the same. With Plagueis, it was definitely a chore for me to to read through. And um, and I read and I listened on audiobook. I listened on one point two speed though, not your crazy two point eighteen or whatever it was, or two point two two or whatever it was. Two point two five, baby. Good lordy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, you know, listening listening to to Plagueis, even you know, because normally with with when I listen to audiobooks, it's a lot more easier for me to consume because I can kind of do things, other things as well, while also listening to it. Um, but for this. I didn't have the audiobook. I actually read it, you know, straight from the book. And to and I was completely like you said enthralled, completely taken in by the story. 
um and it it kind of hit all these it hit all these uh points where i'm just like oh this is this is kind of cool this is cool this is cool you know and and especially with and i think with plagueis there was a lot more like other characters involved that i didn't really particularly care for those other characters in this book obi-wan mace windu yoda anakin i mean you can't you can't go wrong right so with that but you know just as you said not a perfect book there were definitely some thoughts where i'm like i don't see that actually happening you know um there were we had i had there were moments where i'm like all right i'm along for the ride so wherever you take me you know this is fine um but you know you do get a a, you know you get maybe a little bit of a red mark there when that happens because it's just like i i i i do notice those moments but um for me yeah i would give it a nine as well uh for 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 all the same reasons I mean, not very far from perfect, though. I mean, the the characters that they brought, because especially with with Asajj, I knew so much. We knew so much about Quinlan was a little bit more of a mystery. So learning a little bit more about him was actually really cool, too, uh, because you got to understand like his role in the Jedi. He is kind of, you know, they I think they mentioned in the article like, the Maverick. I, that's like the perfect the perfect way to to label him as a Jedi, you know, they're, they're just like, oh, Quinlan will do anything, you know, that type of guy, you know, so, uh, but yeah, like the, some of the decisions there, you know, I was just like, I don't know if the Jedi would actually ever try to assassinate somebody, I don't know if Asajj would fall in love with somebody so quick, and you know, so the, maybe there are a couple of things here and there, but I, aside from all that, it was such a good book, such a good read, loved Asajj for it, I love her even more after rereading it, and a Nine is where I'm at. Nice. I think we're agreed in that regard, and uh, it makes me, again, want to just continue to read these these Star Wars books. I feel like there's so much character depth, especially, that it provides a lot of context to stuff you already know about Star Wars, right. but maybe stuff you didn't even realize more. So, uh, Pretty cool, pretty fun opportunity we, we had here to, to read this book, uh, and we would recommend it to those of you listening as well. If you've not picked up a uh, copy or audiobook, of Dark Disciple. Highly, highly recommend. This is, uh, this is a really fun one, especially if you're familiar with the character of Asajj Ventress. And even if you're not, honestly, still a really great book. So Yeah, and maybe it's that uh, 2.0 speed, though. Not, you don't need the full 2.25. Yeah, you, you don't have to listen at 2.0. You can, you can knock it down to, like, 1.25. <laughs> yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. Well, um, as it relates to the Bad Batch and Asajj Ventress, we do also want to pose a question of the week to all of you listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, the question simply being, how will Ventress be introduced in the Bad Batch? Uh, feel free to leave a comment down below on the video version of the podcast on YouTube or uh, tweet at us on X or DM us over on Instagram or comment on one of our posts. Again, how will Ventress be introduced in the Bad Batch. Will it be a flashback? Will she be revived using Night Sister magic? Or something else? Let us know your thoughts and theories. We'd love to hear from you and showcase those responses in the next episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. Which, speaking of the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking all things Bad Batch. We're going to do a little bit of a recap over Seasons 1 and 2, in addition to looking forward to Season 3, which at the time of the release of next week's episode, episode 69, um, we will officially be less than a week mm-hmm. from the release of The Bad Batch on February 21st, which is pretty, pretty cool and exciting. Um, lots to be looking forward to. I'm excited to kind of get a little bit of a refresher on Bad Batch. We're going to be mm-hmm. 
more than likely watching some episodes uh, in the next seven days or so in preparation for episode 69. So uh, looking forward very much to, to talking some Bad Batch here with all of you next week on episode 69 of the Hoth Hangout podcast. As always, you can check out the Hoth Hangout podcast on YouTube for the video version of the podcast, as well as all of our reactions to the newest Star Wars shows like The Bad Batch, which will be coming out in two weeks' time. Feel free to catch our reactions over on YouTube when those do come out. Super excited to be doing those once again. Thank you to the 379 of you who are subscribed over to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel. We appreciate you very much. You can always contact us via email, hothhangout at gmail.com. With your questions, Star Wars related or otherwise, we'd love to take a look at those and showcase them here on the podcast and respond to them as well. Additionally, the Hoth Hangout podcast is listenable anywhere you get your pods, including Spotify and Apple. And if you're listening on either one of those platforms or any platform where you're able to leave a five-star review, uh, leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it very much. And it does allow the podcast to be more easily discovered by other people as well. You can catch Hoth Hangout on the socials too, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, or X. We are findable at Hoth Hangout on each of those. Joey, do you have any last uh, comments, words, or thoughts on Asajj Ventress or Bad Batch or anything just in the next couple weeks of Star Wars? I did not have this on my bingo card that we would, we would get more Asajj Ventress content. And uh, being able to reread this book was so fun. Being able to talk more about this great character, speculate on what's going to happen is going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks. And I just can't wait. Just super excited to see what, what's to come for Ventress. Definitely so. Me too. It's going to be a blast. We look forward to uh, the next few weeks when we're going to be getting more Bad Batch content. Next week, the last week, when there will only be one video uploaded on the Hot uh, Out <laughs> YouTube channel, by the way, for, for, for quite some time. Yeah, so uh, be on the lookout. In addition to our normal podcast, we're going to be releasing uh, weekly reactions to the Bad Batch episodes. So looking forward to all of that. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Asajj Ventress. And thank you to Gibbo for producing the Hoth Hangout show video and assets and for showing us the Jedi way. And a special shout out to Joey today for stepping in and producing today's episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. Uh, nicely done, I might add, my friend. Very, very nicely done. Only one slip up. Only one slip up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch it. No one else did. It's okay. Right. Put in the comments if you saw it. <laughs> Someone, someone out there is like, timestamp. Yeah, I, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, we appreciate, yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate you guys uh, for listening to this one. Tune in next week and every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern for uh, episode 69 of the pod where we'll be talking all things Bad Batch in preparation for season three of that show. Uh, and until then, thanks so much for listening to the Hot Hangout podcast. For Gibbo Joey and myself, may the force be with you.